0: Devin Hughes, Kim Schmelz, Katie Glass, and Corey McLaurin live on you. Man, what's up, man? It's so good to see y'all. We're doing this.
1: That's yeah. Good. Yay.
0: We are doing this.
2: So you guys, I was on LinkedIn the other day following my favorite LinkedIn influencer, Devin Hughes. And I came across (laughs) this quote about (laughs) um, happiness and how it resonated with me. And the quote is, when you can align what makes you happy with what helps the world around you, you can live an exuberant life. And to me, it really resonated. So yeah, I think that everybody, when we say that happiness is a choice, it's something that we all have in common and that we believe. When you look for what's good about what you do and how you're serving others in any job you have, whether it's giving women the confidence in the clothing store or waitressing. I loved waitressing. I always Mm. thought, what if this is a really special occasion for somebody? And if I give them really good service and make them really happy, I could make their anniversary. Or what if this was an awful day and I'm the only person they're going to talk to the whole day and I give them companionship or show them kindness. I just really don't think it matters what you do. Um, It's just about finding um, how you're helping others and how you're serving others and how that makes people happy um, when they're helping other people. And I think finding ways to um, serve others and live your best life is important. And now I work in higher ed and that's a very obvious Service helping people get their education, but I don't think it matters what you do. I think that if you find ways to serve people in any job, um, that you can live an exuberant life.
0: Yeah, that's good. I I, I like that, and I love that point about your uh, the waitressing too.
3: So I wonder, do you think most waiters and waitresses realize that they have the ability to affect someone's day by the joy they bring, or the smile, or the engagement? Like sometimes I think we abdicate or discount. How much power and influence we can have over others to mm-hmm. katie's point you know what i mean it sounds like katie kind of self-actualized that like that was her sense of meaning like she wasn't just serving food she was like serving joy yeah, yeah. that's right
0: yeah you know
1: yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. i've it, it. well and i'm sure the good ones do notice that and do realize that but that is a good question of how yeah i mean if people know how valuable they are in each position they have.
2: Yeah. I thought sometimes too, like what if this family saved for months to come here and eat? Because one of the restaurants I worked at was a nice restaurant. I'm like, I have to make it really special for them. Like this is a big deal for them. And I can't imagine taking away that gift from their family and their kids that they got to go and celebrate something. Or this is the one time they ever got to come to a restaurant like this.
3: So that's, that's interesting you say that because i didn't i grew up pretty humble means i we didn't have much at all so to eat out was a big deal <clears throat> and you know to stay in a hotel was a big deal to go on vacation was a big deal and so i wonder like to your point katie whether you're in front of a classroom and you're are you just teaching are you serving oh, no. up i think in general we use terms like well she's just a teacher or she's
1: just oh, sure.
0: And I I think we had to get away from that. At least I think so. You know, it's in fact, to that point, you know, so um, my my background right now and at the software company that I'm at, I'm a full time trainer. And uh, I oftentimes am uh, coordinating these massive global meetings, trying to bring people in who are experts in certain types of, you know, software or something like that. And someone said to me the other day, just kind of casually talking. And he was like, you know, Corey, I don't know if you realize that at the company, you really have inspired a lot of people. He was like, because when you do your meetings, you're not sending out meeting invites. You're like sending out experiences and you're bringing people into an experience. We've never been on a call where people had music playing or did like, you know, all these little sound effects in between topics and all that. And you're really creating an experience. And I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but you're inspiring a lot of us to change the way we do things. And I was like, I, in fact, wasn't thinking about that because, you know, I, I never go into it to say intentionally, like, I'm going to create this experience. But it's just the natural part of me. I love bringing people into where I'm at. You know, like, I want to make sure everybody's feeling good, just like I am, even on, uh, when they jump on and when they leave, you know, I want them to take that energy with them. And so it's interesting that, you know, serving up the joy and it's not just, you know, being a teacher, it's not just being um, creating marketing things, right? It's you're you're creating things that are bringing, you know, these positive emotions out of people and, and them into an experience and bringing all of that there. So, yeah, I, I really love this.
3: Yeah, so, like, uh, so, somehow, Katie, you found your meaning, right?
2: Yeah, in every uh, job I've had. Like, somebody's like, you're just so lucky that you've liked your jobs. I'm like, ah, I don't think it's luck. Like, I think that if you truly love helping people, no matter what job you're in, uh, people need you for something. That's why your business exists. Right. So,
3: when I was there, one of the things I, if you don't recall, I said to you is people are going to look at you and go, mm, I'm just not Katie. Like you came out of the womb with like happy sauce, not realizing that it's a choice and you have to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, they, like, like, just yeah,
2: definitely.
3: They make a bunch of presumptions about your mindset. Like, oh, I just, I'm not a Katie. I'm not as, I'm not like her not realizing Mm -hmm. that you made the choice and you make the conscious choices to create and sustain and i think that's the power in that that people are missing that they don't you know i mean it's like it's it's you live on earth too like you're not immune to what's going on you just you just find the opportunities to look for the good too and to find meaning in whatever you do
2: there wasn't joy every day in waitressing. I mean, there were some moments where I had to choose to love that job. Um, same thing with my job now. Not every day's perfect and but there's an opportunity in every day.
0: What what did uh, uh Sean Acor said in in one of his books or a quote from one of his books was you can't uh being a rational op- optimist is I, I'm I'm butchering that quote. I, I do not know it <laughs> word for word, but you know, <laughs> it's a uh, it's an as- assessment of the present while uh, re- remembering that uh, your what you do does matter. Like you can change, you know, uh, from that mindset, but you can't sugarcoat. Like if it's not a great experience right now, you know that it's okay that it's not a great experience, but it doesn't mean that it that we can't mm-hmm. change uh, the outcome of that that experience. Um, which is so, so real. And I, I don't know what that quote is, but if I find it, I'll say it. We should invite I mean, Sean. I mean, we'll I'll invite just,
2: Sean to our next
0: Can we just pull him yeah. man? Yeah. Devin, you got his pager, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, it's essentially, right. So I, I think people have this like, uh, like false dichotomy. Like they think happy people don't feel like we're not like, we feel all the same stuff that you do. We don't discount that it hurts or it's emotional or a struggle. We just don't we just don't wanna stay there.
0: yeah we exactly. have a choice.
3: Right. I mean <laughs> happiness doesn't mean we don't have any problems. It means we feel like we can be okay regardless of the problems or we can do something about the problems. Yeah. Like it, so for to me it's like like you keep complaining about the weather, like like go get an umbrella. Go get another coat. <laughs> like 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 I don't need you to remind me that it's cold in Wisconsin. Like, we know that. Right. Like, so like, you know what I mean? And those kind of people you like, well, like, I don't, it gets frustrating sometimes to realize that. It does.
1: And I think it's that whole lens, you know, like where he does talk about the lens for which you view the world. And yeah, I mean, you can talk about how it's raining every day, or you can talk about that. You do have a coat to protect yourself from the rain or whatever. I mean, finding gratitude in those moments. And I think that's what I learned so much from. from
0: So how do you, how, how do you balance that and not make it seem like to the person you're interacting with that you're ignoring the not so good moments? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes someone will talk about an issue or a problem or something, you know, that isn't inherently, feeling good right and I think sometimes we have I, I think there's a balance right and correct me like if that if this if I'm not presenting this right but like there's a balance where you let them right kind of talk about what issue it is and you know spin that optimism around it without also discounting how they're feeling in that moment like how do you How do you balance that uh, with, you know, (laughs) and I don't know, I'm I'm always constantly going back and forth and I'll be talking to different people and interacting. And that that's oftentimes some of the pushback I'll get. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not actually discounting, you know, what you're thinking, because it's valid. Right. Yeah. I'm just also adding in and sprinkling in some you know, some sugar on it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but it's, you know, I I don't want them to feel like their points are invalid either. So I'm always fighting back and forth. Go ahead, Katie. Yeah.
2: that that's the moment where you draw on other positive emotions, I think when you sprinkle joy on it, it can seem like that. But if you sprinkle hope on it or how Kim said gratitude for something, Mm -hmm. that those are different positive emotions that can help the situation because you're right if you sprinkle joy on everything and it's like yes it's only you know tw- minus 20 degrees in wisconsin today yeah that seems a little like you're a crazy person but if you're you know if you come at it from i'm grateful i have a coat i'm hopeful it's gonna warm up next week like there yeah. i think that there's different positive emotions you can draw from that make make your feedback more
1: not just sugarcoating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that.
1: I think too. I mean, I started my professional career in politics. So like I was writing back to people who were complaining to their legislator, basically. Um, And my boss was really good about like relating to them, like understanding their concern in a way of like, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Here's kind of where, you know, where we want to go though. So it was almost like a yep, I see it, I see your problem, I see the issue, or I see your concern, but then here's how we want to move forward in a more positive way. So I think like, I don't know, I take I take a lot of that experience with me in this too.
0: Yeah. That's good. I'll say this.
3: So like I don't think most people understand where thoughts come from. Like we're not born with thoughts, they're based on experiences. So, I mean, depending on how you grow up, depending on who you surround yourself with helps develop your belief system. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's the reason I say that is, so if someone to me comes in like, well, I don't understand. You always seem so upbeat. Well, I mean, I said, let me explain, like, I'll take them to a place. I think that's why Brene Brown's work is so powerful to me on the vulnerability. Like, because don't show me a superhero. I can't connect to that. I wasn't valedictorian. I wasn't the king of the court. Like take me to a place when you didn't believe, when you struggled and tell me how you got out of that place. And I can connect to that. So if you take me to that place and show me what you do when you have those dark moments and how you have to struggle on the things you do, like Katie said, maybe write down with your gratitude, maybe Kim works out, maybe Corey spends time with his family, like whatever modality you use when you have those dark places, I think it provides context to people to go, oh. You mean, okay. So what you're saying is is like it's a choice, but there's some things. And I think where most people miss the mark on this, like they get the what, like I'm I'm better when I feel better, like a positive, but they miss the how, which is Katie would right. you, like so tell me what you do. How like how do you parent? Like what conversations do you have? How do you do performance reviews or how do you for the front of the classroom? And I think that's what you kind of start to show people that because I don't know about you and I don't want to keep talking. I didn't get the secret sauce to happiness when I was a youngin. Like there was no Mr. Miyagi or no Obi-Wan Kenobi or some like guy in Star Wars who's like, oh, here you are, young child. Here's the secret (laughs) to bliss, right? We didn't get it. And so I laugh at that, but how many thousands of hundreds of millions of people are just like us who didn't get the conversation too? And so I think this is why this work is so powerful that you can start to influence people just having these conversations and sharing. This is what I do do you know who cheryl sandberg is
2: yes all of us
1: yeah
3: her. all right facebook right so her her husband many years ago passed away on the treadmill do you remember that story he yes. died uh, maybe a i don't know it was a heart attack or
0: stroke or something uh corey's left the building No, <laughs> oh, my god i gotta i gotta save bandwidth so i had to cut off the camera okay <laughs> so
3: either way i'll be quick on this so when yeah, yeah. Sheryl Sandberg was grieving, and she was uh, with some, a guy named Adam Grant, and he was kind of counseling her, and she was really struggling, obviously, because she was, you know, obviously, her husband passed away. He said to her, well, Cheryl, um, it could have been worse. At least Dave wasn't in the car with your newborn when he had the stroke, and you could have lost your child, too. In other words he put it in such a way like he framed it in a way like it could have been much worse although it, it didn't discount it for her at least it, it let her realize it like even in him passing it could have been even like, it could have been much much worse cuz he was supposed to drive the child somewhere that day I'm not saying that's a silver bullet but it's just interesting how different people need different things from different people to compartmentalize And say, you know what, I've lost my husband, but at least I still have my child here, and that's going to be something I'm going to hold to and be a memory. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting what different things take people to different places, you know. And I think one of the things that's interesting to me right now, I want you guys to weigh in, is during COVID-19 certain people are going doom and gloom and other people are finding doing new things with family members and having meals and singing songs and board games and going for walks that they never did are you finding that or hearing that too
2: oh yeah yeah right and, yeah
3: and so i don't know i mean so in some ways it's interesting to me that in that some people are going to come out closer a closer unit or, or maybe you're going to enjoy that that time and make the most of it i don't know it's just interesting to me of The choices we make when bad things happen.
1: And I think too, you know, like I've seen some of my colleagues and some of um, just some people that I worked with that have gotten so creative. And I feel like some of that is because they finally had time to like, think, (laughs) or it's not just going and going and going. It's like, oh, I actually have time to like process and get creative. That's been really inspiring for me to watch.
2: How, when you create time and space to be intentional about something, that that's when it happens, that that you need to do that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of reference it like this. I, um, like I ask people, you know, like, did everybody brush their teeth today?
1: Are you asking us? <laughs>
3: yeah, did you, Kim, and Corey?
1: I did.
3: Right, because <laughs> th- there's something called hygiene, right? Like, sure I'm not, I'm not kidding, but I mean, like you wouldn't go a day without doing it. You wouldn't think that yeah. was absurd, right? So if you know that's so obvious, why don't more of us have happiness hygiene? That's good the attentiona- That's the attentionality you're talking about,
0: right, Katie? I mean, you, certain things that, you do. So if being in good, a good place. That's good. How, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm here. Just
1: and so computers. That's so, good. So, so
3: Corey, when, when you were asking me or asking us, not me about how do you explain it to people? I just put it in those terms. like you would never go three or four days without brushing your teeth would you they look at you absurd well if you think that that's so important and is your are your emotional well-being is that not as important and so that yeah. i don't know that's i'm just a simple guy a simple fellow that not put things in context that way and i find that people go yeah you're kind of sort of right like so i don't know yeah. something to th- something to think about
1: then do you talk about like what those practices are i mean do people understand what you mean when you say your happiness hygiene or do you talk then about working out or you know gratitude journaling or whatever it is
3: no i yes i'll illuminate and give them some different things that you can do some different options beyond just you know and different things i mean for example um some people enjoy cooking some people enjoy music like if you know that that's your like sweet spot then like well then why wouldn't you be more intentional about doing that every day yeah if you need to rock out to five minutes on your playlist then rock out and so when you right. get people so those are just conversations that i try to have and i try to put it in context where people go yeah you're right mm-hmm. i do need to do that and so I, I i for me personally i think that's where people miss it like they're looking for i mean they get the, the they get the concept it's just like
1: you just had, I, yeah we haven't been trained to think that way i think
3: no i i wasn't
1: I think
2: one of the other things, um, one of the other things that I feel like I was trained very, you know, I grew up in a house where there were three kids. We were a really busy family, and we use the phrase "there's never enough time." and And I watched this um, after I finished my master's program, and I constantly got the question. How did you have the time? I could never do that. I don't have the time. And the TED Talk is all about how time is elastic and how when you make time for the things that are important, there's more of it. And that's exactly how I felt. I never felt like, sure, there were more weekends at home, less late nights, but I never felt like I didn't have enough time to do all the things I did before I I started that program. I didn't feel like I missed out on any big things because when you take the time, to make time for what's important. It's always there. And yeah, I really, oh, yeah. I'm trying to find the name of that. It's Laura Vanderkamp and how to gain control of your free time. And it's a really good Ted talk.
1: Was that Katie about like prioritizing too? Just like, if you make it a priority, you'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I love that one too. Yeah, Yeah.
3: yeah. so there's, a, there's an old quote that goes, you can either find a way or you can find an excuse sure right so i mean if it's important like you would never be late to pick your kids up from school
2: no right?
3: you wouldn't make your mom wait well i hope not right you wouldn't make your mom wait it's at so the little. airport right? no so, so it's funny i guess to your point i'm building on what you say katie like if it if it's a priority you'll treat it like it's a priority yes. your brain will recognize it if it's not you'll come up with a myriad of different excuses why uh, oh, you know i just don't
2: And it was a huge mind shift for me going through that experience because prior, I, I glorified busy, you know, I'm too busy to do this. I can't do that. I'm so busy, busy, busy. And it made me feel important jam packing my day. And then when I went through that program and had to really prioritize just the abundance of time that we have that we don't realize, like, I, I, it was just, I went from thinking I never had any time to, oh my gosh, I have all of this time and how do I want to use it to get, you know, the most out of every moment and balance family and work and home. And yeah, instead of feeling all of a sudden like I didn't have any time because I was doing this program, I felt like I had more. It was a very interesting shift.
3: You still have that mindset now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. really do now because I really do have like I I have more time with um, just the uh, you know there's more I wanted to do before and now some of those things that I wanted to do aren't there so I feel like I have a lot of time to do what I want to do right now.
1: That yeah, I think after watching that or maybe we just talked about it, Katie. we did. Yeah, it switches how you say things, too, to being like, I'm too busy for that, or like, I don't have time for that, to where it's like, that's not something I'm willing to prioritize, or that's not how I want to spend my time right now, and like, putting it in just that different phrase, how that helps, I think, both the receiver of who's asking you to do something, and just yourself, of being like, it's okay to say no (laughs) to some things, or yes, depending on if it's a priority. Yeah
3: yeah that is interesting so it's interesting because i feel like we have the glorification of busy right now
2: yes yes oh i did i I fully admit it i was like the queen of and i have to do this this day this this day and isn't that great that i'm going 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 like just crazy um yeah and it was and it really came down to and if you talk about our experiences i was always afraid to say no Like I was, you know, oh, if I say no to them, I'm not helping them. If I say no, will their feelings be hurt? And I just packed every day. And in my mind, I told myself it's because I was doing nice things for people and doing what they wanted. But then I was missing out on all of these things that filled my cup that I I wanted to do for me. And no one was happy. I didn't want to be where I was at those Tupperware parties. and. (laughs)
1: Nothing
3: <laughs> in So that's interesting, Katie, right? Because you cannot pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So it's almost like your cup was like almost being depleted because you were extending yourself in so many different places and it couldn't you could you couldn't be the best version of you to support others because you weren't like you have yeah. to make choices, which is fascinating.
2: And I think a lot of people are there. I don't think I was alone. I'm not a, alone and wanting to say yes to everyone and doing things that make other people happy and, and not focusing on what fills my cup. I think that that's common.
0: I've been guilty. I've been guilty. Like someone's like, Hey, can you do? Yes, I can. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it guys. (laughs) 20 hours (laughs) later. And I'm like, man, I was like, no to that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's almost like you need boundaries
3: or like, because like, there's, there's a, you know, in psychology, there's something called compassion fatigue. And compassion fatigue is if you're, if you're like trying to be that person to so many people, like it's just exhausting to you emotionally and you can't, like, it's almost like you're depleted, like you're depleted, like your battery's
0: running low. So it's interesting you say that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Compassion fatigue. I actually have not heard that term. I
2: haven't either.
0: I'm going
2: to look it up at 3 a.m. tonight. Well,
3: You'll
0: notice
3: notice it in people who are like, you know, very altruistic and give, give, give. And then you'll start to notice they start to burn out or they're not the same version of themselves because they've just depleted themselves so much, like you're saying, and they, you just can't sustain you need time, like, you know, everything, sometimes things work better when you just unplug them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think it's the same thing with us emotionally sometimes. Like, sometimes you just need some me time. And even if it's just a walk or
0: meditation or... Just, fatigue. Man, just some... you know, and, and I like that you pinpointed a name for it, right? Because I, even recently, not, I mean, if I go back to even when you were talking about Uh, COVID, a little. I I think that I'm one of the ones that definitely was like, well, this is interesting, Uh, and that turned into well, okay, so it looks like things are changing. So how do we adapt? And have definitely been trying to be intentional about teaching my kids that. uh, However, what I have noticed though since I am here all the time now, (laughs) and and most of my interactions are happening like on this medium, uh, there I am oftentimes giving away more time than I should or people are calling me and uh, especially at work, you know, I just get a call. Hey, I need to talk. I don't know what to do. And I, I want to be that dude. I want to help, you know, and and that's like where I start to gravitate to. However, I have noticed that I will get depleted and I can't really pinpoint where that's happening at what, like, man, I got a full, like nine hours of sleep. Like, why am I feeling so drained? And it's that now that you point that out, I start to feel drained when I've hit that, when, when I've, uh, depleted the compassion, right? Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But anyway, then I will note. I know I'm noticing now As thinking back. I start to get, when I get to those moments and that tank is empty and then people start reaching out and they're looking for some compassion or something like that, I don't have it to give. So now I'm now I'm a, like a weirdo on the call with you like, I don't even <laughs> be on the call with you. Why are you calling me? Did you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it happens. And I, I, I'm glad you, you, you brought that up. It's very true. It does happen.
1: Are you yeah. a pretty empathetic person too, Corey? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would have to do with it too. Cause you're like just taking in all of that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the research, right, I mean, the brain can't discern between data, it just takes in data, right? So if you're hanging around people who are traumatized or burnt out or negative or salty, what do you think the brain starts to discern? That's my new normal. Are you going to just soak up all of that like a sponge? Right? I mean, just like if you watch negative news, you hang around negative people, you listen to negative music. I I mean, so like, like when I tell people like, you didn't come out of the womb negative. I mean, you could give a newborn a spatula and an iPhone with no battery; they wouldn't know the difference. They'd be happy and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but then you got a twelve-year-old. You got a twelve-year-old in Madison who's got a boat and got wave runners and got all the toys, and they're miserable.
0: Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Right. That, so that is good. So what would you what would you say? Are some of the easiest things that people could be doing. Uh, especially in this current state of uh, not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, what the next new, you know, (laughs) wave of things are going to be and how we have to start guiding ourselves around this pandemic world that we live in right now. What would you say? Is that to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anybody, anybody. What would you guys say? Like what are some of the easiest things people can be doing to not be burning themselves out or depleting those, Those areas, um, you know, uh, that we've kind of hit on here and there.
3: So I'll tell you real quick. So, so what I do, and this is just for me personally, I, I like, I didn't come this far to come this far. I just, I like, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. So, like, this is, uh, I've had adversity in my life, which, which you all have, right? And I got through that. I'll get through this. So it's these like quiet conversations that you have, you have with yourself, a little bit of self talk. So that's the individual, yeah. like, I didn't come this far, I, I, I'm going to figure it out because that's just who I am. I'll, we'll figure, we'll find a way. Then the second is I put things in context, right? Like, like we had 9-11, we've had other outbreaks, we've had, like, like my time. my brain goes. We've had other calamities or other disruptions and we got through that. Yeah. So if I got through that, I can get through this. It doesn't discount that yeah. it. it may be hard, but it gives me, okay. And I think if you look at the research, all that's all the brain needs and people need is a couple data points. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like if Kim can do it, then Katie can do it. And if Katie and Kim can do it, then we all can do it. If Connie can do it, then what Then that's just a conversation I have with myself. And then the other piece is I'm going to build on what Katie and Kim, you said, I'm just working on me every day. Like I'm mm-hmm. finding ways to find joy in turbulent times. Whether it's walks or gratitude meals or conversations or rocking out to a new song or my buddy hit me with a text message, has got a funny meme. Just finding moments in chaos and just keeps me. That's what I do.
1: Um, Katie and I had a conversation. I don't know when that was, Katie, not that long ago. Just about how <laughs> we like to like write nice notes or like give little gifts and how sometimes that feels like we feel selfish almost to the point where we're doing that, where it's like, this makes me feel so good to do this because I feel like it's going to make their receiver really happy. But I think it just goes back to that. Like if we, you know, like if I know even writing Katie, like some nice note is going to make her happy. Like that keeps me going for the day just because I, I want that feeling and I know I know that feeling, I
0: guess. Yes, I'm going to agree with all of that. I heard it all. I was listening. (laughs) I was here.
2: Um, in addition to like the, the good things that I like to do that keep me going, I really to, to bring this back to our, our best friend, Sean, there's a chapter in his book, a big potential that talks about creating moats and defenses from negative information. And I've always loved the news. I'm not going to bash journalists. I think most of them truly want to cover what's happening in a non-biased and informative way. I'm grateful to know what's happening in the world. But sometimes it's so negative that I just, I limit how much I watch on the news. I limit how much time I spend on social media where people are complaining. So I'm trying really hard lately to focus on the things that bring me down and cut those out of my life and do more of what what makes me happy. So while it's important to fill my days with all the good stuff, I'm like, what? Where am I? where is it at in the day that I'm like, oh. I don't even, you know, and yeah. some of those moments are like after being on Facebook for a half hour, like there's, there's a lot of good, but there's also bad. And so just limiting my time on social media and spending more time on things like LinkedIn um, yeah. make a big difference.
0: Hey, I think for me and the kids, we, uh, ours is music. Like we oddly and very weirdly, but unapologetically <laughs> gravitate to so much different kinds of music uh and and that's really like our thing so we're either like trying to make some or we're just my daughter's like hey i found this new french artist and i'm like oh okay shoot it over to me i found somebody in germany you know or we're <laughs> listening to classical music together and for us that's kind of like our zone right like that's our zone and it's um it's the ability to like some of it i'm i'm not like man you know kind of the new school stuff I'm kind of like yeah you know but I still find joy in being able to connect with them over their music and then it's funny because then the stuff that I don't like uh, in the beginning I end up liking more because there's more meaning behind it than you know me just finding it searching around like my son loves it and that's how we're connecting so you know in a roundabout way now I love it but it's so much more than just that like three minute track. It's a way for us to connect and kind of get out of everything else that's bombarding us with information um on the daily. So
3: have you oh sorry. No, I was I was gonna say have you noticed um with the political thing kind of heating up in the fall here, like is it have you noticed like um any instances with people that you have a relationship with? A different tone or tenor, picking sides. I'm just yes. Okay, I was just. And
2: it it's it's exhausting. It yeah. is exhausting. <laughs> with people that you love and care about. It's yeah.
0: It, it 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 is so frustrating sometimes. You know, or or you know, like what bothers me, and I and I'm just gonna speak from this like truth in within you know my My mind is like there are a lot of people, you know I was a pastor of a church for a long time for a very long time, right, and then I left um and now i'm doing the, the whole software training thing and uh it it bothers me to watch people attack people for their their views and i'm not with that, I just don't like it. And and it bothers me more when you are a leader and you have a platform, you know what I mean? And you have eyes on you, and it just like, and I might not even agree with that person's viewpoint, but when I see them getting attacked, now I'm jumping in, like, no, no, hold up. You know, like, leave them alone, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Um, it just, <clears throat> the whole political space, uh, and, and I mean, I guess it could go anyway, too, you know, whether it's uh, politics and who's running for president black lives matter right like all of that that's happening right now uh is is it it bothers me that people don't let people be people right now let them have their views and don't just go in and attack them for those views like really listen to them you don't have to agree with every point but you gotta let people be people and and speak their mind and how they feel man and I get so tired of watching, you know, the uh, the attacks back and forth to your point. That's why i just like I'll just delete my Facebook for a few days and then come back on, check in with people, you know, and stay connected. But, uh, yeah, I get, it, it gets on my nerves and I try not to be superhero, you know, Captain Jack, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trying to save the day. But I can't sit and watch, you know, people arguing over the things that to me like, really don't matter at the end of the day. Um, They do, right? That's not the discount, some of the stuff. Uh, but I think we're focusing in on all the wrong points sometimes with these things. So, anyway, I'm off my soapbox with that. If, uh, <laughs> it, it has been, man. I just
3: hold that thought. So, Katie, you were kind of is it, a, is it friends or family that are, have oh. taken.
2: Okay. New friends and old friends and views are coming out that I didn't. I don't want to say surprised because i didn't ask um their point of view is different than what i thought it would be and maybe that's because i want to project what i think on other people like oh we agree on everything um but it's been hard it's been especially with the people who are really close that i'm never going to cut out of my life and our views are dramatically different it's not just a little bit it's not just let's agree to disagree and be respectful it's I don't know if I want my child around you when you're saying things like this, like really neat stuff. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's hard. Yeah.
3: Kim, you found that too a little bit in
1: pockets. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, it is. I agree with Katie. I mean, I think, you know, when your family or even close friends or just people that you're surprised have such different views on things. Um, yeah it does make it difficult. Um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, trying to go back to just find what we can like relate you know how I can relate to what they're thinking or or trying to find perspective in some of it. I don't know. I just said to my husband the other day we were driving home in starting to see yard signs and all of that. And I do admire people for running for office. Like I think it's very difficult to not only be elected, but to just run for election and put yourself out there. Um, So I admire like their courage. I think it's just gotten to the point where it's so difficult to then stand for what you truly believe in some of those arenas once you get there.
3: Well, I just noticed like Michelle Obama spoke last night Right, whether you're, you know, you like her or democratic, but take the politics out. Like to me at least, like she seems like a reasonably good human being, right? I mean, I don't have any. Like, obviously, I don't know her, but based on what I've heard, like she's got a track record, well educated, well articulate, and just the hate bombs on social media about her. I was like, wow, you just like we just can't get out of that space, huh? Like you just can't treat her for being, you know female lady of color Mm -hmm. mom and all the buckets that we all value but no she doesn't fit your so i gotta i gotta tear it down yeah and And i
2: saw on the opposite side of the spectrum and i don't want to make a show political love michelle obama (laughs) um but when donald trump's brother died how awful people were and i just couldn't believe the comments that i was reading it just blew my mind like his, his brother just died and, and I know. whether or not you like him or not to, like to say that he deserves it somehow is just i don't know it was awful to read some of those comments too just a lot of hate
3: yeah all around so. Yeah. So the reason I bring it up for me is like, how do you stay above the fray in a world that's just in a place where we're just so, it's so easy to tear down, degrade, complain, just throw hate bombs around. I mean, you don't really have to try that hard. I mean, you can, it's out there. You just kind of fall into it. So I don't know. It's just interesting for me, like how do, how do we and others, stay kind of above the fray emotionally
2: yeah but world. still engaged Yeah, like, for some people are like i'm just done i'm not voting nothing and i'm like oh well i don't think that's in my opinion a good alternative so how do we stay engaged but not <laughs> 20 feet deep in mud <laughs> yeah
3: well I, well I think about youtube because you're i mean you keep hearing wisconsin is a swing state so i just i can't imagine what the dialogue is in wisconsin like just all the stuff in the system, not to get political, but just, you know, we're there. And like,
2: you yep. know, I think I'm the not... politics are, are, if we're talking about happiness and speaking it and positivity, the politics can play a big role in combating that pursuit of happiness. So it's relevant.
0: Which is funny because of the pursuit of happiness is literally <laughs> a part of the founding documentation of this country. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> You know, but you can find there are some there are some things that are happening. I think I was at church like maybe six months ago and uh, one of the congressmen came and spoke at the church and I was like, man, this guy is fun. Like he's he's cool. And um, what he I've never seen a politician in that light before, you know, because I usually only catch them in 30 second clips out on the Internet somewhere and. Uh, God forbid I read the comments, then I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. I don't <laughs> let me get out of here. But um,
2: oh, don't read the comments.
0: <laughs> don't read the comments, man. Yeah, even if it's not your video, don't read the comments for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I I did not start voting until recently in my life, and when I mean recently, I mean like within the last three years. First time I'd ever voted, but I never grew up understanding the importance of voting either of course you hear it here and there you get taught it at school however it it's not something that I mean most of the people in my family couldn't even vote if they wanted to because of their backgrounds and the stuff that they grew up and having to deal with so it's not like they were passing on to me you know you need to go do this and here's why you know so uh it wasn't until I met someone here that that kind of started talking to me through the whole system and how it all works and why I should vote and so now I'm like okay I can vote I can do this (laughs) I I should do this it's good to have that okay I'm
1: so glad you did Corey that's exciting like yeah it is yeah
0: yeah I feel I still feel like I'm that guy who shows up at a football party and doesn't still know What the line of scrimmage is, or what players are, yet he's with a group of people that are like, yeah, yeah, I really like Johnson because he's great, and he was like, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, I like
2: the colors of the (laughs) uniform, yeah, Give at least his uniform and like not costume or hat, Uh, that's
0: (laughs) awesome.
2: I think I did refer to uniforms as a costume once. And...
0: Listen, and, <laughs> and I am friend. that guy. I'm, I'm not guy. I, I will show up at a football party, and I don't know what's going on, but I I, I will fake it till I make it. <laughs> Listen,
2: <laughs> You're there for the companionship. For the fun. Yes.
3: Was, uh, I, did you guys get a chat for me?
0: Yes, yeah. I got the news link. I got it up here.
3: It just sometime look at it because you, you talked about the news, Katie. It's fascinating. It talks about the research behind how the, the the news affects our belief system. And not the good or bad, but you know, you can mm-hmm. depending on which news channels you watch, can absolutely influence and you not realize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what it suggests is that some people, again, you can call them self-actualized. Like they'll they'll watch multiple news channels, watch news channels from other countries, yep. just to round out their palette of sources, so they don't yeah. get stuck in this very myopic, like,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a book recommendation. If you haven't read it, hopefully, I'll
1: yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so there is a book that I read. Funny enough, and I say this to everybody.
1: I'll just share too. So the good news I found was on good news network. Have you guys read, like yeah. read this site before? Yeah. Goodnewsnetwork.org. Oh, there's so much good news on here. Oh my gosh! Is. Great. Yeah. The article I found that I really loved was about um, a restaurant in Alabama that basically you just leave whatever you can. You come and eat and leave whatever you can. They don't charge like a price for anything um, and how they've like, dealt with it through covid and just pack their meals into go boxes for people um yeah and i mean then related story is how john bon jovi is doing the same thing so it was just fun to read yeah
3: why is it that we don't spend more time on that stuff
1: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. hopefully now it'll keep popping up in my news feeds (laughs) now that i've looked it up once. I like
2: global positive news too. That's a good one. There's a perception that it's fluff and it's not real. And you need to know the cold, hard facts about what's happening in the world instead of, of learning about that type of stuff that doesn't. And not that I feel this way, doesn't matter and it does. And how do we change that perception?
3: Yeah. But so, you know, it's interesting to say that because like, you can't control COVID, but we keep talking about it. Like, like, mm-hmm. why do you keep reminding me that that like? Really, I, I'm sorry. I, last time I checked, I wasn't an epidemiologist. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't have a research facility. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Dr. Fauci, are you here, Dr. Fauci? Oh my support, gosh!
2: Support, support, I have a Barista. She can get you a cup of coffee.
3: Yeah. I, I don't see Deborah Burks here, guys. I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, is there a reason why you keep bringing it up
0: in the meetings? And we're like, this is,
3: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, Corey, tell us about your book.
0: Book recommendation. Uh, so The Hope Circuit by Martin Sullivan. Uh, this yes. one I uh, gravitated to because shortly after running into all you guys, we should tell this story sometime too. I think we need to purposely tell the story about how we all kind of connected. <laughs> Um, yeah. but after, uh, going, uh, to the convention where we all met or the training where we all met, um, I came home and uh, had to deal with a lot of mental illness in my family. I just really didn't know what to do, but I thought it was like, huh, wouldn't a guy who goes to like a happiness, um, uh, course, you know, to, to learn how to teach this stuff, uh, would, would come home and have to deal with, uh, with some of this, but, uh, Sean Acor in his book mentions Martin Seligman. So I started looking up his titles, ran across the hope circuit, fell in love with it. Uh, I really recommend it. One of the excerpts from it, uh, he states, I and many of the practitioners and scientists in positive psychology came right out of work on misery and suffering. I devoted 50 years of my life to undoing depression and helplessness. I found that merely getting rid of the bad stuff was not enough. And so I advocated working on what makes life worth living as well. It is the presence of positive emotion, engagement, good relations, meaning, and accomplishment. Getting what is good in life entails a lot more than just eliminating what is bad. And man... I'm telling you, the, it's more of like kind of a history on um, where they started out in, in psychology and kind of helping people, um, you know, but then it leads to present where they, where that led them to and the hope circuit is actually a, a function of the brain that they have now found and showing what happens if we can learn how to trigger it when we need to and where helplessness, the, learn, the term learned helplessness actually uh, is fighting against it. Uh, So the Hope Circuit is what they're calling this function of the of the brain um, that they have found. So it's a great book. I recommend it. And uh, it has definitely been one of the ones that kind of helped me stop and think sometimes when I'm interacting with people or seeing even, you know, the mental illnesses that are running through my family. You know, even being able to recognize what might be going on there. It's just been a great, great, great book. Great read, I recommend it. Uh, you guys should pick it up. Anybody should pick it up. Awesome. You can find hey. it on my website for six ninety nine right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Well, I mean, he's the father of positive psychology, so it's fascinating. I mean, literally out of University of Pennsylvania. I mean, he's like the grandfather where it all started. Like it's, it's fascinating because if you look at it, like traditional psychologists study what's wrong and then he realized like 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 how about how about studying how how people flourish yeah (laughs) and that created a whole new i mean which is fascinating i mean positive psychology has only been around like the last 30 years
0: which is amazing to me that's it's amazing to me that that's you know kind of like the new kid on the block but they should have already had, they should have been given a chance a long time. They, <laughs> they. It's like everybody was picking, you know, who they want on their team for the basketball game and the, and the positive psychology kid was standing off in the corner and someone's finally like, oh, what about that guy? This was fun.
1: It was. was fun.
0: It, it was hashtag deep today. I love it. It guys. was. <laughs> <laughs> deep. Oh,
1: thanks for working through all this, Corey, with all of your homeschooling going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This is what we do. We do this. We just, the, the, the hardest part was going to be actually getting together to do this. Then we can keep adjusting and keep changing, yeah. keep evolving. Yeah. with it. I'd love to talk okay. about uh, diversity and inclusion on a future. Ooh, diversity and
1: I like it. Diversity right. and inclusion. Two.
0: Yep. I'm down. Um see what you think.
1: about anything that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like my question is like, should I give my pitch or should I, should I talk? <laughs>
0: Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> this might go down in history as our unaired pilot. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> uh, people are like, people are like, oh man, I found that uh, the unaired pilot of of uh, I forgot what um, show it was. All right, that's everybody, we see you. Okay. Bye bye. Devin Hughes, Kim Schmelz, Katie Glass, and Corey McLaurin with on you. <laughs> <laughs> this totally
3: has to be a typo.